You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The words courage and determination, for me, have a little bit more of a stability to it when I'm not believing in myself, which it's tough to believe in yourself at all times when you're doing this thing. I know that I can always be determined. I know that I can always say, I want to be a working actor and ask myself, Tyrone, are you determined to do it? And then it's like, yes, because that's a yes or no question. Are you determined? Yes or no. And I know that. I will always choose yes, you know. Do you have the courage to do it? Yes, you know. Whereas, you know, can can you be fearless? I don't know if you can be fearless. I certainly have lots of fears, you know what I mean? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com and we can get you started with a one-week trial with your own Broadway fitness coach. Uh, Special thanks to BPN, Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. Okay, let's get that over with. Let's get on to our special guest. Special guest, as always, had the pleasure of seeing him in Waitress the Musical uh, just about maybe a month or so ago. I was obsessed, like literally. The second he was on stage, opened his mouth, I was like, this, this is it. This is it. So <laughs> no, no blowing smoke either. No blowing smoke. Welcome. Please get familiar with. Tyrone Davis Jr. Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much, Joe. It's so awesome to be to be on this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> this, this podcast, the world we live the world in. We live in. Everyone have a podcast. Everyone now? has a podcast, but you know what? Yours is the best, and that's really all that matters right now. Now, see, I was genuine I in saying that genuine. I thoroughly loved your performance. <laughs> Oh, you have you listened to all one hundred and forty blah blah to every single one? <laughs> I knew it. I knew I really liked you. Well, to to uh, on to toot my own horn, I think I started this in twenty eighteen before it was like really cool to do a podcast. I mean, I I know that wasn't groundbreaking; they were already happening, but I think I kind of broke the mold. I was I was before a lot of these other theater podcasts. I think. But anyways, everyone that's listening, uh, Tyrone played Ogie in Waitress, and he's he seems like a cool guy, but on stage, he just pulled off this like quirky awkwardness that just made you laugh like a crazy person <laughs> um, while watching him. Growing up, were you always kind of silly or or did you kind of acquire that comedic sense later in life? I was, I was always silly. I was always silly. Always like trying to make people laugh. Always just the goofiest. Um, 
But like Ogi, I like really strive to like get people to like me. So I was annoying as hell, but people always really enjoy <laughs> enjoyed it. It was a which is a nice thing, you know. <laughs> yes, so true. Like you're rooting for him so hard up there. You're root, you're like number one fan for Ogi to pull through. Um, who who do you think influenced like your? Uh, comedic desire, any like family members or anything you watched on TV, maybe? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't even know the answer to that. Um, my, I have a, I have a very funny family. My dad is someone who is always like cracking a joke, always trying to make the bank teller laugh, which was so embarrassing as a kid that, you know, that kind of dad, <laughs> my mom is, you know, she's funny just in, inherently. She just says like, funny, ridiculous things or they're from the Bahamas and sort of the tension of, you know, being an immigrant and living in America is often, you know, prime for, for lots of humor. And so, (laughs) so, um, so yeah, so there's that. I, yeah, I'm, I grew up around humorous people and I was always like, I was like a TV kid. I was watching all kinds of like all that. Dude, did you remember all that rerun for all that on Nickelodeon? Of course. I mean, that, that I was raised on that, you know? All, all that good stuff. Were, were you like, were you like all that full house, yeah. fresh prints, uh, growing paints, uh-huh. like all family that matters, step by step, family matters, oh. step. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I got to like get on YouTube and do like a nineties a TV sitcom yeah. binge watch or something. <laughs> um, Wait, so your dad, was he like epic for dad jokes? Is that what you're saying? He always, always had those yeah, dad jokes? Yeah, always dad jokes. Always just like, just doing the most. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I saw, I saw a, a good dad joke video online and it was a dad at an event. Maybe it was a sports game. I'm not sure. And there were uh, staff on the field with these shirts that said press on the back, Mm -hmm. you know, for the media. So this guy walked down the the bleachers and started like poking into this person's back, AKA (laughs) pressing their back. And, uh, yeah, that was the dad joke right there. So, um, where, where are you originally from? I was born and raised in Miami. (gasps) I'm in Miami right now. You're you're in Miami. What are you doing in Miami? Yes. I right. So during the pandemic, I I got another spot uh, to retreat to. I'm in downtown Miami near um, Biscayne Boulevard, oh. like where Bayside Park that is. That is those. That was my stomping ground. I went to high school and college in downtown Miami. I know exactly where you are. No way. I'm I'm looking out my window right now at the New World School okay, of the Arts, Miami Dade. That's College. literally my school. <laughs> I spent eight years. Oh. I spent eight years in that building. Wild. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll have to send you uh, a video just to you could relive your your glory days of the build. Yeah, it's and it's always lit so beautifully at night. We lit. Yeah. We lit in Miami. We lit at New World. Wow. <laughs> What a small, what a small, all right. So you grew up in Miami. How, how was that growing up? It, was it easy to be involved in the arts in Miami? Uh, so easy. I mean, Miami is like a, you know, there's, it's a cultural city. There's like so much going on. We have, you know, we have the symphony, we have opera, we have theater, lots of theater, you know, all all types of things. And my, my parents, for whatever reason, really sort of made sure I was, uh, like an artsy kid. They're not, 
artsy people. Well, my dad is like a drummer. He had like a, a gospel band as, you know, as a teenager and with his brothers and things like that. But my mom, she says she used to be a dancer, but I feel like all moms say that, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> right, okay, as, a, okay. as a teenager. Um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe. She, mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they they made sure um, that I, that art was accessible to me. They put me in piano lessons any little inkling or like desire that I had to, to perform, they, they made sure that happened. They, you know, filled out all the forms and took me to all the interviews to go to, you know, performing arts schools and things down there. And so I, I, I really, really lucked out with my parents and they never really gave me any sort of um, trouble around pursuing this dream, moving to New York. And, and I have a brother who's also, you know, he, he's a musician and he's kind he's doing the same thing down in Miami. And so, so we we both lucked out with huh. with our our parents, yeah, and 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 being in Miami, yeah. When when did the liking or passion for the arts or being an actor become a dream? Like when did it become more serious? Where you're like, this is what I want to do. You know, I like very young. I like I knew, like I said, I was okay. like a TV okay. kid, and I wanted to be on TV. Like I wanted to be on Nickelodeon. That was why I was living. That is why I ate food. That is, you know, that was it for me. Um, that never happened. Sadly, who knows? There's, there's time to to get on Nickelodeon. Um, but, but no, I, I always knew that there was, uh, that I, I wanted to, to perform or, or be around, um, silly people. I don't know. Arts always felt like an opportunity to be like silly and it be celebrated. And so I just, yeah. I wanted to be, be around those people. I always, was it called legends of the hidden yeah. temple? Was that uh-huh. the show? I always, I always wanted to be on that show. Yeah. Always. Great show. Great, great always. show. <laughs> you have to be like smart right, to be so on that you, show though. Don't you? Isn't it all like trivia? Um, I'm not saying that you're not smart. That's not what I was implying at all. I was just, you know, you no. you were, but I get, I get, I understand. You you first. No, I, would, I you know, don't said think I could be on that you, show. Is why I thought of. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that it was. Maybe there was. Maybe they had some elements of questions, but wasn't it very like obstacle right. course oriented? You're you know? right. It was all like history. Are you? It was history based. I think. But it was all okay. Like yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. They had another one where you got slimed, and I feel like that had some questions, maybe. Yeah, guts. Do you remember that guts one? Or dare. dare? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a lot better at me than than this remembering <laughs> it. Um, everyone that's uh, listening, you didn't know you were coming to hear about Nickelodeon. Nineties fest, nineties festival, right here. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no better time. There's no better time. All right, so you go to school in Miami. You move to New York. Uh, what was that transition like? And did you kind of just start uh, booking like crazy, or did you have some ups and downs? Tell us a little, bit, little bit about your journey before you found your way to waitress um, and making your debut. Yeah, it was it was a long one, but a a, a wonderful a, a wonderful one. Um, and that doesn't mean it was all ups, absolutely. But I I don't know. I had such a great time, and I continue to still have a great time <laughs> as I pursue the the dream. But um, I went to school. I graduated from New World School of the Arts. I taught at a um, performing arts camp for three months that summer. Raised. Uh, 
I don't, I want to say like $3,000 or something. It couldn't have been that much. Maybe. Anyway, I raised some money to move to New York um, that, that very summer. Um, and so, so yeah, that's what I did. I, I came to New York, found some sublet in Astoria with like two Italian gals, um, <laughs> like legit from Italy, like not like, you know, Italian American, they were like from Italy. So, and I was like living. In the- there we go. That was, you, <laughs> you must've made a lot of memories right there. <laughs> Well, I sadly I didn't because well I ended up booking a, a show um I think like two or three weeks oh. after moving moving in and so I was like out of there quite quite uh quickly. I I, I the first You didn't no good Italian dinners, you know, family oh, dinners did, that you got they to did not, They were not interested in cooking for me. Okay, so two to three weeks in Astoria, and then you book. What I do you booked book? a play called Pure Confidence, all about a horse jockey, um, out on Martha's Vineyard, um, at the Vineyard Playhouse. Okay. And so, so that was my my first gig out there. Um, did that? Had a wonderful time out in Martha's Vineyard. If if you have not been to Martha's Vineyard, I highly suggest it. It's an, a magical, wonderful play. Have you been there? I have not. Oh, you no. gotta go. You gotta go. Um, All right. Added to yeah, the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So then I came back um, to New York and just kind of like hit the ground running. I was just sort of like, aud- like audition. This is the time when you couldn't like sign up online to to go to like auditions at at the Equity Building. Uh-huh. So I was like at the Equity Building every day, like you know, no matter what the weather was, standing standing on standing the, sidewalk. the sidewalk, waiting for them to open the building, doing the whole uh-huh. wait wait in line thing, you know. So I, so yeah, I, I was doing that, and you know, I was like young and you know, big eyed, and so none of it felt um, none none of it felt like bad to me. I was just so excited to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the New York thing. I'm doing the New York thing, and I just I was just hustling, just going to every audition and eventually booking more and more and more. And, you know, in between gigs, I was babysitting and catering, lots of catering. I was like, a, I was a, an assistant to a um, fashion designer at one point. Um, I was wow. teaching mommy. At what this, was that? At this time, uh, you had no representation. So you were just kind of yeah. flying solo. I was fine, okay, so cool. I had no okay. no representation at at this time. Um, tell tell us about before we get to the closing, like of uh, you getting the Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Tell us this being you know having fitness influence. I like to kind of parallel the ups and downs. W- were there any like down moments you can remember where? it kind of was like maybe a pivotal point in your journey that it could have went one way or the other, but it ended up, you know, turning out for the, for the best in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's so many of those when you pursue a creative, creative <laughs> dream or any kind of dream, to be honest with you, I'm sure you've had that, you know, building this empire that you have, you know, it, it's tough. It, it, it really is a, come on. <laughs> it re- yeah. It really is a, um, a test of, of, um, all of it, me- mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. Um, and so I had many of those. And it's funny, I had a major one right before booking Waitress. So um, I 
had come to a point and I had been like working somewhat consistently. It wasn't like I, you know, was out of work for like years and years and years and like that. But I don't know. I, I, I've always had, it's funny as much as I love theater and love like creative arts, I always kind of have like one foot in one foot out. And so my one foot in, I was like leaning on that foot a little bit more <laughs> during this time, but I had decided that I um, wanted to become a therapist and, I, and a, a social worker so I had applied for two schools. I applied to NYU Social Work School. I applied to um, uh, CUNY uh, or Hunter College for the Social Work School. Um, I ended up like getting in. I ended up like you know p- paying the down payment to like take the classes and and um, taking out loans and things like that. And um, the week that I was supposed to start school. I book waitress, which is just how the world, that's just what happens. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Amazing. All right. So how, how, how was that turn of events? So you're getting the acceptance uh, letters, you're taking out the loans in the midst of that. Were you in the audition callback process for waitress or did you already had done that a while ago and they called you out of nowhere. How did that, how did that? Yeah, work? no, waitress happened, uh, fair, fairly quickly, relatively speaking. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had been applying for the schools and things like that, but I think maybe I went into waitress maybe, you know, like one, like one week and, you know, I don't know, like in the end of April or something. Sorry, I don't. I don't know the dates, so let me not give dates. But I. But I think it's a, no, it's the, a, whole, it's the whole process of booking waitress. I think maybe happened like over like three weeks, with only like okay. two. You know, I went to an, an initial audition, then I went to like a dance call, and then I had the final one with like the whole team. Um, so it wasn't this like long process. Thankfully, that can sometimes happen. It was kind of like a quick thing. And so when I ended up booking, it was a bit of like a surprise. You know, I was just like, oh. I have to make a decision. This is, this is real, you know, do I do my, do I do this show? Do I make my Broadway debut or do I follow this path of becoming a social worker, which at the time, you know, I I was like drawn to the idea of like stability and also the idea of, you know, being engaged with community and with people in, in a, in a, in a deep on the ground way. Theater is also the same thing, you know. I would think I think I was like chasing actually the same thing, just in two different spaces. Um, but for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a therapist. I'm gonna become a social worker. Um, and I don't know the the gods, the the universe, whoever had like a different plan and sort of said, no, no, you're gonna come, you're gonna come this way. That doesn't mean that I did not try to do both at the same time. <laughs> um, so like the oh. first like couple of weeks that I. I started waitress. I was like, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can like, you know, I can take my classes during the day and then come do the show at night. And I was talking to uh, Drew Galing, uh, who was, you know, our original do- Dr. Pometer. And I was like telling him about this. And he was like, you know, you should talk to, to do you know Bobby Steggert? Bobby Steggert is, is an actor and he is now a social worker therapist. Um, and, and so I ended up reaching out to him kind of blindly. And I, and I was like, Hey, you don't know me, but I saw you in Ragtime and you were incredible. And and I just booked this Broadway show and I'm, you know, I kind of want to do what you've been doing. And, you know, I, I think it'd be so great to be, you know, a, a social worker and have some stability. And he was like, very sweet. He was like, 
make your Broadway debut. <laughs> like that's a thing that doesn't happen often. You know, these other things can can they'll always be here, but you should you should you should yeah. take this special opportunity. And so it was with the blessing of Bobby Steckert <laughs> that I that I you know uh-huh. gave gave that up. Yeah, the the stability thing is is such a big hurdle or or just complication when it comes to chasing dreams like this because you know one day you're in and the next day you're out and you're trying to figure out how to get right. in again you know right. um as a ther I mean I think you're a perfect person to talk to in this with like studying uh, the mind and how humans interact or, or just, uh, function individually. How have you mentally, uh, kind of navigated through that path of not having that stable ground always to stand on? Uh, I think a lot of people could benefit from this because we're all going through it. Yeah. It's, it's, that's like a tough and also an easy question to answer because when it's tough, it's tough. You, I don't need, it's like, how I, how is this going to play out? You know, how will I continue to go on these auditions and not get called back? Or how am I going to continue worrying about how I'm going to pay, you know, next month's rent or, you know, all that stuff. And so, but somehow, yeah. somehow, you know, I, I, still move forward. Honestly, I think I've had such great models in my life. I think my parents are a huge inspiration to me. Again, they're, they have not pursued any type of artistic dream, but they are immigrants. You know, I, I'm first generation. And, you know, whenever I, I kind of feel tough, you know, like things are too tough, I, just remembering the fact that but they actually like moved here from a different country and like started a whole new life and yeah. they don't have you know, high school degrees, I don't have the college degrees and somehow they, you know, raised two children and, you know, who are now pursuing their dreams. And so uh, that, that I find that to be very inspiring. And I, I think about them a lot when, it, when things get tough. And then also, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a good question because the, the words I find more than ever for, for whatever reason, in this point of where I am on my journey, the words, um, courage and determination are, are really sticking with me and resonating with me these days. You know, you hear, as an artist, you hear a lot about like, you, all you have to do is believe in yourself and, and be fearless, which is all great. And those are great things to lean on, but I find those things to be fleeting, especially when you're sort of in some kind of mental turmoil around stability or finances or, you know, or whatever it may be. The words courage and determination for me have a little bit more of a stability to it when I'm not believing in myself, which it's tough to believe in yourself at all times when you're doing this thing. I know that I can always be determined. I know that I can always say, I want to be a working actor and ask myself, Tyrone, are you determined to do it? And then it's like, yes, because that's a yes or no question. Are you determined? Yes or no. And I know that I will always choose yes, you know, do you have the courage to do it? Yes, you know, whereas, you know, can can you be fearless? I don't know if you can be fearless. I certainly have lots of fears, you know what I mean? Do I believe in myself? I do believe in myself, but sometimes it's a bit tougher to believe in myself, but I can always say yes to courage and determination. So yeah, that's the answer to to that question for me. Yeah, performers, you have to be resilient. You have to just 
keep going against the grain. I like what you said just about kind of uh, leaning on your past experiences where it's, you know, you've been through hardships in the past, but here you are. So you just have to keep reminding yourself that as the new hardships come, yes, you will, this too shall pass as they say. Um, And I think your parents um, also are a great example to lean on. I, you know, living in Queens and now living in Miami, I have plenty of immigrant friends and, and that journey is a very steep hill to climb and one that takes a lot of courage. And I think it puts into perspective when you're chasing this artistic uh, dream that it, it can be done, but you have to make the decision. Like you're, you're saying, is it worth it? Uh, and for some of you listening, maybe it's not, and that's okay. And, and you move on and do something else. And for those that say it is, then you just keep climbing. Um, all right. So you're in your Broadway debut, the show. Cl- were you a part of the cast when the show closed during the pandemic, when it was on a hiatus? Uh, I, I was. Yeah. So I joined in 2017. I was only supposed to be there for five weeks as a, as an ensemble member as a replacement, but I ended up, you know, getting the opportunity to be a permanent ensemble member, Ogie understudy. Um, and then, so, and yeah, so I was with the show until 2020. Um, and then, yeah, I was asked to rejoin, uh, when we started back up in September, which was such a thrill sort of being, um, sort of on the front lines, you know, of, of reopening Broadway, yeah. which is, you know, I think I'll have more thoughts about that as time goes on because we're still in the thick of it. But it certainly felt like a huge honor. I don't know if you saw that video, but but Waitress was like the first musical to to open back up on Broadway. <laughs> um, and so on our there our opening night or that that first night, you know, Sarah steps out on stage and there's this monumental uproar you know, this moment of celebration from the audience. And I I will never, I will never forget that. I will never forget that. And so I I feel so lucky to to have um, been a part of such like an interesting, weird, historic time in in the theater um, and really in in the world. Uh, So. Yeah, I I get goosebumps hearing you talk about it. Um, All of the shows, those first nights that they came back and how long that uh, curtain applause was when, you know, the curtain would rise was just crazy. Um, I got to see uh, Hadestown. It was very, very close to when all of the shows started to open. And um, they they start the show and they say, uh, I... And they just stand there for a bit and the audience says it back. And then they all just started roaring with applause. And it seemed to have lasted for, I don't know, three minutes, not even exaggerating, just kept going and going and going. (laughs) Um, Now uh, that you're now that the show has closed, you life. Here we are again. Here we are again. Plan. Yeah. On the theme of the, the ins and outs and, what you know i hate we we as actors we hate the so what's next for you or the whatever blah 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 but for i'm not trying to go at it with that angle but once again for the inspiration of a fitness podcast or a life podcast where we're trying to give others that um bit of wisdom bit of encouragement 
how have you been approaching? Um, you because know, you knew that the show was going to close anyways. You guys closed a little earlier, right. correct, than you were supposed right. to. But it was gonna. It was it was set to close. Um, you know, <laughs> not to say what's next, but what's next, and but more so, how mentally uh, have you been approaching that? Approaching having this downtime right now. Just the. Yeah, the downtown, the downtime, the transitioning. Um, how have you? Yeah, how have you coped? How have you mourned? How have you celebrated? Because mm-hmm. um, I just this topic, it's going on for a lot of people right, right. now um, in in our uh, bill for the stage family, and I, you know, I'm trying to encourage them, obviously as their fitness coach, but they do come to me a lot for personal things as well. And, um, yeah, I just would love to hear your, your, um, experience and and maybe I could even draw, I know I probably will be able to draw something from it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd still feel like in the thick of it. So, so, you know, I'll have to, it'll take some effort to, to articulate, but closing a show and it's funny, this is the third time it's happened to me over the course of, of two years, but you know, closing a show abruptly like that is is not a fun thing. You know, it's like being broken up with with no with no forewarning, no no conversation or anything like that. It's just sort of gets. That's I like. Yeah, I like that. That that for someone on the outside, I can be like, oh, I I can relate. Okay, I know how that could feel. <laughs> you didn't see it coming, but here we are. Um, right. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, you just don't get, I mean, part, part of closure, part of processing a whole creative experience is having that final show is hugging your cast members. Goodbye is knowing that, you know, this is the last time I'm going to sing this lyric or, or do this bit of choreography or have this little backstage moment with the dresser that I always have here. And so, you know, not getting an opportunity to do that, which so many of us actors, you know, have had happen multiple times now. Um, you know, it, it's a little jarring and and I think we're all s- sort of figuring out how do we process these experiences without getting this closure. Um, I know for me, you know, when we just closed this past time, I, I so I was doing double duty. I was doing a, a workshop or a, yeah, like a workshop of the Devil Wears Prada. So I was doing um, double duty days, like 12, 14 hour days for three weeks, no day, no day off. And so when we closed, I kind of just sort of like um, collapsed sort of like in the best way, you know, my body and my mind just needed to like do nothing. And so that's exactly what I did. I Mm -hmm. stayed in my apartment. I got COVID, which sucked, but it also helped me also do nothing. (laughs) Um, But now I'm like at a moment this like past week or so where I have some energy. I'm, I'm, I've started, I've like structured my days. It's honestly like, it's my like anxiety a little bit. Like I get um, you know, when I'm not working, the way that my anxiety plays out is to like give myself tasks, um, which is great. You know, I, I'm some I'm like a, a doer, so I like having things to do. So I'll like get up and I'll journal, I'll meditate, I'll go to the gym, I'll come back, I will, you know, cook or I'll like work on a project that I've been working on. And so just to have that structure and that, you know, those things to do make me feel um 
of use, you know, purposeful. It's, it's the way that I survive. And, you know, you know, I think that we should be welcoming, um, the many ways, the various ways in which people are surviving moments like this. And so, um, so yeah, yeah. but right now, like I'm, it's good to have some downtime. I'm looking forward to my next project, which starts in at the end of May. Um, and so, so yeah, it's just kind of just coasting and chilling till then seeing a crap ton of theater, which I don't get to see when I'm working. So that's been good. Um, watching a lot of TV. It's all good. (laughs) Nice. All right. So structure. Yeah. I'm big on that. Uh, when I'm feeling most lost, I might even do it down to the hour, like on my Google calendar just to make me feel, yeah, I kind of, I, I say, uh, uh, it's, it's my putting myself in school, you know, you go to school and it's like, okay, period one is eight thirty, nine twenty, 9 20 and you know, yada, yada, Literally. yada. That's, I do the same um, thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, you don't have to wait for a job or someone else to tell you when and where you got to do something, you know, like it, it, there's no reason you can't put that uh, on your own shoulders and, and you take it, uh, ownership of, of how your day is going to go. So everyone listening, like if you feel like you're just chasing your tail, put it on paper and, and make a plan for the day or the week and, and start chasing it. And I bet you good things will happen. I know that for the fitness world, that definitely is the case. So, uh, keep showing up, uh, Tyrone, that's it for today. I've taken up uh, plenty of your time. I'm super grateful that you chatted with me. You're so cool and you're such a nice person, but your performance on stage was uh, just captivating. And now that you're off the stage, you're still that cool and captivating performer. So everyone that's not in their show right now, you still are who you are. So until your next gig or whatever, just keep pressing on. Um, and appreciate you, Tyrone. Keep that schedule going. Um, hang tight. Going to send you some thank you swag because, yeah, I just really appreciate your time. All right, everyone. That was Tyrone Davis Jr. Make sure you follow him on the gram. We're going to have all the info on the description of this episode uh, for you to take a click. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.